welcome everyone to our morning service here at the Boonville Church of Christ. Thank you for being here. Today is one of those special days. It's the fifth Sunday, of the final fifth Sunday of this year. All of our contribution today will go to reducing our, our debt. Uh, so uh, we are looking forward to a, a good contribution today to try to help on that. We come together this morning to worship the Lord. Uh, we want to put aside all of the cares of the world and worship God in a manner acceptable to Him. Let's begin our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for the many blessings that you bestow upon us every day. Father, we're thankful for the safe return of those that were traveling this week, the group that went with the Golden Circle, the group of ladies that went to the retreat at Tishomingo. Thank you for bringing them all safely back home. Father, we pray that as we enter into our worship time together, that we can worship you in a manner pleasing to you. Be with us and help us to always do what's right in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We will start this morning by singing, Jesus Hold My Hand, 412. Jesus, hold my hand. Let's all sing. As I travel through this
prayer this morning will be Heaven Came Down, 517. Heaven Came Down. Let's all sing. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this day and all the many wonderful blessings that You will bless us with. Father, we thank Thee for the rain that we received last night and today. It was really in need. And Father, we thank, I thank Thee that we live in a country where we can come and worship Thee without any fear of any harm in any way. And Father, be with the church here at Boonville. Bless each member and their families and let us continue to grow in number and in, in spirit. And Father, be with the elders. Just bless them and let them lead us in a way that we will have eternal life in heaven one day. And Father, be with Brother Ken as he brings a message of the hour today. Just bless him and let him have a ready recollection of things that he's prepared. 
And Father, be with all those that are sick and afflicted, just bless them and comfort them is the only way you can. And be with those who have lost loved ones, just comfort them. And Father, be with our uh, policemen, our firemen, the first responders, the medevac units, the doctors and the nurses, just watch over each one of them and bless them, Father. And Father, be with our nation and let us continue to be strong and free. And Father, we thank Thee for all the blessings that you bless us with each day. And all these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This one before, uh, the, the invitations on today will be, Do You Know My Jesus, 943. The song before the lesson this morning will be uh, 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, my soul.
4, verses 1 through 7. 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, uh, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what, what do you have in your house? And she, and she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it into the vessels, and set aside a few set aside the few ones. So she said to him, and shut the door behind her and, and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured them out poured them out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her sons, Bring me another vessel. And he said to, said to her, There is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. And then she came, to, came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell all the vessels and pay your debts, and you and your sons shall live on the rest. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Oh, today is Debt Reduction Sunday. When January came, did you mark this date down? It's like, oh, I can't wait. That is the day that I am looking forward to. Going to kind of get dressed up a little extra special. And that Debt Reduction Sunday, that is the one. I don't know. It's just as much as I try to hype it up and excite it, I don't know, something about that debt reduction business just doesn't, I don't know, just doesn't create that fuzzy, warm feeling inside, does it? But today, I hope we're going to change all of that because we are going to be challenged on three different fronts. I know some of you came in today and said, oh, we sure are awfully tired today, kid. You better, you better have a lot of energy up there and keep us awake. Well, I don't know what to say because I've got three tracks of thinking for you. You're just going to have to dig deep today, okay? Nod your head this way. We are going to dig deep and we are going to mine the Word of God such that we can come away with some treasures. And look around you because there are a lot of people who have been sick and away from us for a while who are back and we are thrilled. And for them to come back on an inclement Sunday like this is just a testament to the power of that debt reduction Sunday, I think. Don't you? So thank you for being here. And if you're visiting with us, you are an honored guest and we're, we're thrilled that you've chosen to worship with us today. Thank you for joining in with the singing and the praying. And now as we participate together in worship around the meditation upon God's word. Before we start that, I ask that you pray with me. We're going to pray for two things. I'm going to pray that God will help me to communicate. And then also pray that you'll receive what is communicated, and that you can make good use of it. So bow with me, please. Our Father in heaven, thank you for 
the blessing, the privilege it is to be here today. We thank you, Father, for preserving our lives to this very moment. And while we've come for the purpose of worshiping you, sometimes there are distractions that get in our way. We don't intend for it to be, but it just happens. But I pray, Lord, that you'll, you'll be with us now in a period where it is most challenging to focus. I pray that you'll help us truly to meditate on these words. Help me, Father, that I can speak your word and to present a message that will affect someone today in a very positive and meaningful way. And also pray for those who hear these words that even despite mistakes I might make or stumbling over words or even uh, incoherent thoughts, I pray, Lord, that you could somehow remove me from their minds so that they can truly hear what's being tried, uh, what I'm trying to say. Lord, bless us in that endeavor as we're in your word today and be patient with us in its application. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you, sometimes in your life, difficulties will arise and you really need to know how to deal with them. And this text describes, man, an awful moment in this poor widow's life. She's crying out to Elisha the prophet who had received a double portion from the most famous of the prophets, Elijah. And she, I guess, is hoping for some kind of miracle or some kind of intervention. So she cries out to him and she lays out her petition. You know it is that your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know your servant, well, he feared the Lord. Now, here's the thing. We're in debt and we need your help because the creditor is going to come to this house and he is going to take my two sons to be his slaves. Oh, I don't know if you've ever had a day quite like that one. But the debt was so great that the creditor wasn't satisfied with just receiving a servant for a while. In fact, there are all kinds of provisions in the Old Testament in order to protect a person from this kind of thing. Nevertheless, an unscrupulous creditor has created perhaps such a pressure on that debt that it can't ever be repaid. And so I am coming to the house and I'm going to take those two sons and they will be my slaves. Well, when you have problems or troubles, when the difficulties arise in your life, what do you do? Sometimes maybe we have a knee-jerk reaction. We just respond. Sometimes we're lucky and we respond in a way that it just works out. And other times we respond thoughtlessly and we just get into deeper and deeper trouble. What should we do? I believe that we should do pretty well what's described in this text and something that we will use in order to describe 
effectiveness in dealing with all sorts of circumstances, and I'll point out three here today. First thing we need to do is just honestly and completely assess the need that we have. Is it truly a need? And if it is a need, let's, let's just properly define what the thing is. And then once we understand our need, then let's seek out a solution. How is it that we can deal with this need? And then once we figure out pretty well what we can do, then we've got to execute the plan that we have formulated. And then finally, and, and I would say in particular, this is true if this involves God's things. If what we're dealing with is a matter of God's purview, if, if this is something that's going to affect the kingdom of God, then I can be assured that if I'll take care of those first three circumstances, then I am going to be able to expect incredible results. So today, we're just going to we're going to break this text down. And I, and I told you that there are three lines of thought. So we're going to do this today. We're going to talk about the need that existed in this widow's life, just as a means of perspective to kind of get into that text a little bit. Now, she had a great need, right? I, I would do anything to protect my sons, especially from a lifetime of slavery to an unscrupulous creditor. And then secondly, we're going to have a message for the church. Hey, what's our need? Ken, we know what the need is. We've dedicated today for it. Our debt reduction. Woo-woo. <laughs> and then finally, I want us to see from this text the need that a sin-sick soul can have satisfied. All of those things are resolved right here in this text. So let's, let's start, as I said, we've got to assess the need to begin with. So the widow, let's think about her for a minute. For the widow, how do I address the need? She goes to Elisha and Elisha asks her two questions. Number one, what shall I do for you? And number two, what do you have in the house. <laughs> well, she responds by saying, oh, 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 hold on there. Now, your maiden doesn't have anything in this household except a jar of oil. Uh, let me just compress that for you. What do you have in this house? Only oil. I like the graphic that was up there following the text. Did you catch it? There was this big table and then this little bitty jar of oil. That's kind of the sentiment that she's expressing, right? Let me tell you, Elisha, we don't have anything. Actually, about all we've got is a little bit of oil. That's, that's all. That's all we have. But I want us to think about that for just a moment. Only oil. Moses only had a rod, a staff in his hand. But God used that rod that he had on several occasions in order to facilitate and ultimately deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage. It was, it was only a rod. 
David only had a sling and five smooth stones. But God used that sling and even just one of those stones to bring down Goliath, the blasphemer. Only one sling and one stone. It was only a lad, according to John chapter 6, who himself only had five loaves and two fish that God used in order to feed 5,000. Only five loaves and two fish. Let me tell you something. When whatever it is that you have, however large or small, God can use whatever it is that you have to his glory. Only a jar of oil. So what about the church? What about, you know, what about us? I guess perhaps the same questions would apply. Yes? Question. What shall I do for you? We rise up today, we printed it in the bulletin, we've talked about it for a month, we planned it from the very beginning of the year. Well, Lord, here's what you could do for us. We have outstanding debt. How about you satisfy our obligations? Question number two, what do you have in the house? If I were going to be honest, I would say that the response begins with only. It's kind of like that little jar of oil right there. What is it that we have? Honestly, the only thing that we have is, is us. Only us. But here's an interesting thing about what you and I, just us, what we can accomplish. In Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Whatever it is that you have, he says, that only thing, the only that you represent, then use that to the glory of God. Because God can take our only and satisfy any need that exists. And then there is the sin-sick soul. I have no doubt in my mind today that in this audience, there's somebody that really, really doesn't have a great perspective on 2 Kings chapter 4. Maybe never studied that book in their life. Probably... Possibly. Wouldn't even be able to flip to it very quickly. And maybe that very same person 
is here, not because we're having a debt reduction Sunday, but because every other answer that they have tried, solution that they have opted for, has not really worked in their life. They're looking for something else. So I'm going to say to you, sin-sick soul, the soul that is sick because of sin, these two questions apply to you too. What shall I do for you? And I think the answer would be, can I just say it for you? I think the answer would be, I want to be forgiven of my sins. So the follow-up question, what do you have in the house? Now, I don't mean to make assumptions about anybody, but I'm going to say that you're here because there is a little something inside there. And maybe it is just, it's just a little bit of belief. Maybe you do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, or at least you've heard something about that. And so the answer to that question would be, well, what I have in my house today is a little bit of belief. I have some of that. And I say to you that a little bit of belief is not really a small thing. In fact, belief is, that is the avenue through which we're going to walk into the presence of what is going to save you. It is a threshold situation for you, belief. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 24, if you don't believe that I'm here, you'll die in your sins. So see, you've made some progress already. Or Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Congratulations, you made a great choice. With that one little piece that was in your house, you have come into the presence of the word of God. Now, let's move on from there. We have a need, but we want to seek out the solution. So for the widow, she presents this with Elisha. He's kind of gathered all the information and now here's the answer. Here's what you've got to do. You go out and you borrow vessels from everywhere. You go to all of your neighbors. Now make sure that you get vessels that are empty and not a few. Get a bunch of them. And then once you have gathered up all of those free vessels, then you and your sons, you come inside the house and shut the door. And what you are going to do is you are going to pour into the vessels that oil that you have. You are going to pour into the vessel. And then once the vessel is full, you're going to set it aside. We have our solution. He communicated to her what she needed to do. Pour into the vessels. Question, how many vessels do you have? Well, I've got to go and I've got to gather them up. I've got to, I've got to create something to fill up. And, and I'm going to ask on her behalf, as I'm pretty sure we're going to find out was the whole point of it to begin with. How much faith do you have? 
How much faith do you have in God's servant in order to satisfy the problem that you have? He's giving you a solution. How much faith do you have in gathering up those vessels? You know, it takes a lot of faith. It really does. It took a lot of faith for the children of Israel first to cross over the Red Sea in order to be free from Egyptian bondage. And then it took an extra dose of faith to do it the second time as they crossed over the Jordan River in order to go into the promised land by Joshua's leadership. It took great faith for them to stand against the most fortified city of their time, Jericho, and to call through their faithfulness the pulling down of those walls so that they could freely go into the city. It took tremendous faith, as we saw a moment ago, for that young David to take up that sling and that stone and to hurl it toward Goliath over nine and a half feet tall, a blasphemer of God against a child. It took great faith for Daniel to spend a night in the lion's den. It took great faith for Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego to hold fast in a fiery furnace. And it took great faith to go out and gather up empty vessels in the hope that this tragedy that was coming could be averted. And so I see that for the widow, we have a plan. But what, what, about, what about the church? I would ask the same question, just kind of compressing it down. How much faith do you have? How much faith do we really have? How, how, many, how many vessels would we be able to collect, so to speak, in order to satisfy the need that exists in terms of, I don't know, debt reduction? How many vessels? How great a faith. Here's something I know about faith. Jesus said it, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. He said that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there. And Jesus says, and it will move. Nothing, Jesus said, will be impossible for you. Now, after you hear Jesus say that, and in the back of your mind, you're going, that's impossible. Then I guess I'm not talking to you. But I want to talk to those people who are in this story with me. And who believe what Jesus said. Who believe the actions of the widow. Go gather up those empty vessels. Because that's going to be the solution to your problem. Go out there and face the problem, church, and say, be moved from here to there. And if we believe it, if we believe that God is the solution, that God is the power behind it all, if we believe that he is the answer, then that mountain, whatever that mountain is, will move from here to there. Because the Lord says that it's going to happen. And I believe it's going to happen. I believe that whatever we ask according to his will, that he will give it. So, I guess the natural question would be, well, how many vessels 
could we collect? What is it that we could do? I don't know. Our problem was the, the debt situation. So we want to we satisfy or bring down our debt. How many vessels could we gather together? The kind of faith that we have, that we could overcome this problem. And, and I think about a statement that Jesus made about discipleship. In Luke chapter 14, verse 33, Jesus said that whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Okay, you know, just like Jesus said, nothing's impossible for you. Is he kind of joking about this too? I mean, does he really expect me to give everything I've got to his cause? For instance, as we are figuratively going out there and gathering up these vessels, Ken, are you saying to me that everything that I have is to be thrown into the pot? Well, that depends. Are you a disciple of Jesus or not? I'm going to say, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. How about you? Okay, no takers so far. I am a disciple of Jesus. So what that means is, you say everything, like, he's not talking about my car, is he? Yeah, yeah, why not your car? Couldn't that car be used to the glory of God? Couldn't that car be used to benefit the works of the kingdom? Absolutely, it could be. I hear stories all the time about people carrying others to the hospital or, or taking them to the grocery store because they didn't have any transportation or they were afflicted in some way, had no way to, you've done that. Or what about my house? You don't, certainly don't mean my house, right? Absolutely your house. Why not, why not your house? Or my bank account? Certainly so. Why not? You say, well, can I give a percentage of that on every first day of the week? I'm going to give a percentage of it today. That's fine, but please understand that it isn't the percentage of what you give that the Lord's looking for. He is looking for all of it. Everything that I am and everything that I have, I am laying at Jesus' feet. Now, if Jesus wants me, to, wants me to live in this community, I'm pretty sure he maybe wants me to have a dwelling and maybe have an automobile or some, some things. But the attitude that I have is whatever I am and whatever I have, it is the Lord's. So if a need exists, if that's presented, then what other choice do I have? than to respond to the need that exists. Really, if that need is there, what I have and what I'm presenting represents the vessels that God is collecting. Now, I'm also thinking about the sin-sick soul here today. You said... Or at least I made a kind of assumption. You're here because at least there is some faith in you. And, and I pointed out that's not a little thing. But now we're getting into the details of it. And my question for you is, how big is your faith? Is that faith big enough to go beyond just saying, I believe in Jesus? To go beyond just simple mental assent? Because I mentioned to you that belief is a threshold condition. Belief is not salvation, but it is necessary for your salvation. So I'm just asking you today, is your faith big enough that it would obey the gospel 
Because if the answer to the question with regard to my salvation was going to be faith and it's the threshold, then where will that faith take me? And I'm going to tell you now that it's going to take you to the place you wanted to be the forgiveness of your sins. Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You will go from an original kind of faith the, the entry, I believe in Jesus, to a faith that will transcend all of that to salvation. So I have a need. I've sought out the solution. Now I need to do something. The execution of it all. I've got to put this plan into action. And so this widow did exactly that. They had gathered up all these vessels and then they went inside the house and shut the door. The widow and the two sons are inside. The sons brought the widow, their mother, the vessels. And now the text says that she poured it out. I want to stop right there for a second and ask you if you noticed something that I noticed in this text. Because when Elisha told her what to do, he used the same wording that you and I used in our gathering up the solution a moment ago. It says that she poured it into, or was to pour it into. Now the text says that she was pouring it out. That might just seem like semantics to you, but actually, according to the original language of it, and the description of these variances by scholars, there's actually something significant taking place right here. Because Elisha is talking about how you will convey from that small gathering, the little jar of oil to disperse it to all the vessels that you collect, you'll put it in there. But the process of actually taking the oil from the small source and Directing it to those vessels, oh, that's a whole different story. Because what he is trying to communicate here by the idea of pouring it out is the continuing sense of it being poured out. In other words, as long as there are vessels that exist, God is going to keep right on producing or making available oil to fill up those vessels. Pour it out. Okay, so church, here we are. We've got our solution. We gather up all our vessels, all the stuff that we have. We've put it in for the Lord. But now what the Lord is going to do is he's going to take what we have gathered by faith and he's going to pour it out. Now, the question is, how much is he going to pour out? And the answer is, there is an unlimited abundance from which the Lord can draw. He has a source that is endless. So, 
what would my part in that be? Well, I, I was thinking about a text like, it's kind of subtle. But when you think of it in this context, it's so powerful. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. The text says that he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now watch that. When, when God is matching my cheerful giving, then we're talking about creating a scenario in which the giving could potentially never end. It is not a grudging giving like, you know, I'm just going to sow a little bit. I'm just going to give a little. Can I see what? No, I'm going to give bountifully. And the more bountifully I give, the more bountifully God gives. Did you see that in the scenario already? Got the vessels, but all those vessels are going to potentially be filled because of the absolute abundance that God is drawing from. There is no end to the source of the oil only thing that stands in the way is how many vessels we have there. Church, there is no debt great enough that God cannot pay. There is no debt so grievous and so heavy that the God of heaven who owns all things and has children and disciples who follow after him, who have given their whole essence to him, there is not one debt that God cannot satisfy if our faith is big enough. And so, I think about the sin-sick soul. You came in here with a little faith. I ask, how big is that faith? Maybe that faith has gotten big enough that, yes, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And yeah, that gospel business, that's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So what is it I would need to pour out? What is it I need to contribute in this so that my salvation can be intact, so that I can have the very thing that I was hopeful of? Well, the thing is, I'm going to take that faith, which we noticed was an introductory condition. And I'm going to apply that faith to several things. For instance, I'm going to apply that faith to repentance. My faith in Jesus Christ is going to be so strong that I'm going to change my life. That faith is going to be applied to confession. My faith in Jesus Christ is going to be so strong that I'm going to confess I'm going to live a life of confession in Jesus as the Son of God. And that faith is going to be, it's going to be put into baptism. Because baptism is the place where I will contact the blood of Jesus through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll be buried, I will die, and my old sins will be passed away. I'll rise up in resurrection with Jesus to newness of life. That would be the execution of it. So in all of this, Ken, what are, the, what are the results? You know, is that what we seek? What are the results? Well, for the widow and her sons, she's over there and she's pouring the oil. 
She's pouring oil in every vessel that she can find. In fact, she's used up all of the vessels that are right there with her. And she calls out to her sons, hey, bring me some more vessels. But, but there aren't any. So it was then that the oil ceased. We'd come to the end of their gathering of vessels, or as I alluded to, we've come to the end of the degree, the width, the breadth of their faith. We did all we thought we could do. Here it is. Well, God filled all that up. Wish you had some more. We don't. Elisha said, okay, that's fine. Take the oil that you have, go sell it, pay off your debt, and live off of the rest. Pay off your debt and live. Here's what I would say to you, church, today. Pay off your debt and live. The only thing that stands between us and unbelievable, unimaginable, incomprehensible success in this community is our faith. The only problem that we will ever have in dealing with God and His solutions is just how big or how little our faith is. Because our faith, listen to me now, our faith will never be so big that God can't match it. In fact, what God will do is He will overflow anything that we might imagine. What are you talking about? Uh, Luke 6 and verse 38. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Can you outgive God? Let's all just say this all together. I'm going to count down to three. Can you all give God one, two, three? No, you cannot. And I don't care if we have debt that just makes us shudder. If we gather up enough vessels, if we trust that God will fill them, we won't have to worry about that. We will be able to pay the debt and live. What about, what about the sin-sick soul? Well, you know, I, I like to, this is just me, I kind of like to keep things in parallel when I lay something out. And here was, my, here was what I wanted to say. I wanted to say the same thing that I said about her and about the church here, right? Pay your debt and live. Boy, that would have been parallel and that, you just put a bow on it. But that isn't true. The difference between what you've come here for today and what the woman was seeking and what the church is seeking was that for the sin-sick soul, actually, your debt has already been paid. Your debt was paid by the blood of Jesus. All that remains for you to do is to accept 
that gracious gift in your obedience to the gospel. And again, I ask you, how big is your faith today? Is it big enough to take that step to admit before this number that Jesus is the Son of God? Because when you do that, you will receive through obedience to the gospel, having washed your sins away in baptism, you will have received the ultimate grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He's already done the work of salvation. You can accept that through obedience to the gospel. So if you believe that he's the son of God, you came here that way, right? And you're ready to turn away from a sinful life and confess your faith. Then today you can be buried in this water right here. Have your sins washed away. Rise in newness of life. Wow, now there's a solution. Has a need arisen with you? I would suggest you do what we talked about here today. You assess the need, then you seek out the solution. You execute the plan that is indicated, and then you expect, if God is involved in it, that there is going to be an incredible result. All of us today, wouldn't you say, we just need to bring whatever it is that we've got right here and pour it out. If you need to respond today, now is your opportunity. Why don't you come forward while we stand together and sing.
To help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll be singing, And Can It Be? service, uh, we're mindful of Christ's death on the cross, but we also have the emblems which contain the fruit of the vine and uh, the bread. Well, let's go take you back to um, uh, Christ's ministry. He's coming to the end of his ministry, and he's just completed these five signs. He's turned the water into wine. He's healed the Roman official's son. He's healed the sick. 
He fed 5,000, and he's even walked on water. So he's got a crowd with him. He's got a, a big uh, following. And uh, before we get into the, uh, the rest of this part, just set the stage. As the ushers come through, if you have not had an emblem, just raise your hand as they walk through the, uh, the, the room. We go back to chapter set, six of, of John. And it comes to the point where he said, I'm the bread of life. We, we're talking about that. So let's just read some, uh, some of the verses here. Verse 47, truly I tell you, anyone who believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Christ knew at this point he came from heaven, right? He knew what his ultimate sacrifice was going to be. We also, he also describes himself as the word. During Ken's lesson, I thought, how neat is it that Christ, the perfect lamb, calls himself the bread of life? He calls himself the word, the perfect word. I don't think there's coincidences in that. So when we observe and partake of the bread, I mean, we're all, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Christ's perfect life, his perfect body, the embodiment of the perfect law that God gives us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread which represents Christ's body uh, that came to this earth so that we might be able to learn from him uh, and through his sacrifice on the cross that we would, may be made whole, uh, restored back to you as, as he was the sacrifice that paid the debt for our sins. As we do this, may we remember in a manner that would be well-pleasing in thy sight. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So during this time, as uh, the, I'm sure 5,000 are still around, there's many disciples around, they started questioning themselves, how can this man right before us be talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood? It was hard for them. And at that point, many of the disciples that were following Jesus deserted him to the point where he asked the 12 that remained, will you desert as well? Isn't it great and isn't it a privilege that we have the benefit of being able to look back? You know, Jesus said, uh, many of you see but yet not believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and believe. That's us. So as we start to talk about and tie this back in, Let's read verses 53 through 58. We know what happened to Jesus 
just a little while after. We don't have to go through that. But let's, let's look into the wisdom of God of why he has this uh, memorial service each and every week. Verse 47. Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending in where he was before? The Spirit is the true, the Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and those who would betray him. He said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless he is granted to him by the Father. So as we uh, come to this part, let's remember Christ's blood, uh, sacrifice on the cross. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this emblem, this emblem of blood that rep rep represents Christ's blood that was shed on the cross, the uh, payment for our horrible sins is that we have been forgiven. As we partake of this, may we remember his sacrifice and may rem remember uh, our commitment uh, for that sacrifice. In your son's name we pray. Amen. That will conclude the Lord's Supper. Um, so we've got a dose of uh, the next act of worship. Uh, and if you ever wonder if you're visiting or first time viewing online, the reason why we do this is every first day of the week, well, Acts 20 says when the disciples came forth to break bread on the first day of the week, we've done that. It also says in six, uh, 16 chapter 1 Corinthians uh, that when, as upon the first day of the late week, each of you are to lay by a store. So we understand that. We've already observed the payment for the debt of our sins. Uh, we can't do anything with this contribution to pay that debt. It has already been paid, as Ken has already mentioned. The building, the salaries, the work of the church, the work in the community, helping uh, everybody else, that's part of our commitment that our debt. So uh, the only way we do that is through, through these means, and this is the reason why we've done that. Remember back when you were a sinner and you were baptized in the water and that debt of sin was released from you, how great movement you had, right? The reason why the elders have decided to try to get rid of this debt is to do great things. It's not just to pay off the debt, it's to do better things. So as we uh, do that, uh, let's, let's pray that this, this offering today will uh, be a great benefit for God's work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings of life. We cannot take the time to mention everything you do for us, but what we can do, Father, is commit these funds to the work of your kingdom. Uh, help us to Take these funds, remove these debts so that we have more, uh, more means by which we can 
evangelize and minister to the saints and, and, and to the community. This is our prayer in your son's name. Amen. On Sunday, November the 13th and November the 27th, the second and fourth Sundays in November, an extraordinary opportunity is being offered for some of our young men. I'm going to say those young men that maybe participate in Lads to Leaders, and if you don't participate in Lads to Leaders, but you fit kind of in that age bracket, you can be included too. There's going to be a worship service through Zoom in South Africa. They're going to host it. Several churches all throughout that country are going to participate. They always have other countries like New Zealand, Australia, even Ireland, some of the European nations and other nations in Africa and all throughout Africa. I'm asking you if you will either give a 15 minute talk as a participant in one of those worship services or read a scripture. If you'd be interested in doing that on either of those Sundays, then you'll need a computer with Zoom on it and be available at 1130. For instance, it is now quarter of 11. So you'd have 45 minutes, get yourself ready to participate in that worship service. In fact, I'm gonna be in one next Sunday. So I know it can be done, but if you can help with that, I'll need your name and your email address. And then if you wanted to on that Sunday, you could just bring your laptop or your iPad, whatever you use with you on that Sunday, we could set up and participate in that worship service. Don't you wanna do that? Don't you wanna be able to participate in a worship service that is going to be broadcast all over the world? I think that's an extraordinary opportunity. If our coordinators and last leaders would like to just, you know, force some people to do it, that's fine too. Peace. I don't have a problem with that. But I will need the name and an address so the link can be sent to you. Thanks. Good morning, y'all. Before Stephen gets up here, I wanted to make a quick announcement about Trunk or Treat. Uh, but looking at y'all, I got to thinking, you know, it was March 2020. The world shut down on us. No one was here. We couldn't do anything. Looking at Aaron and Bo, for months on end, we would sit up here real awkward and weird and try to do lessons. And we couldn't have any fellowship. And it was awful. And here we are back going again and we take things for granted. And one of the blessings of fellowship is children and their smiles and their laughter. If you want to see that, be there tonight please. Here's how it's going to work at six o'clock. We'll go over. We got tons of large pizzas coming. We've got drinks. At 630, children, we have an expert panel of judges 
ready to judge your costumes. There will be prizes for the winners. And then even though I know there's gonna be plenty, we've been sick and didn't get a sign-up sheet. Will y'all help Amelia out for uh, her peace of mind? Raise your hand if you're bringing a trunk tonight, please. Right. You feel good, Amelia? 15, 20, yeah, lots of trunks. Those of you with trunks, please park down by the annex for safety. Keep everybody as close to the annex as possible. Park down there after the costume show. We will trick or treat and let's enjoy our fellowship time together. Thank you, God. Good morning. We had 251 in worship today. If you'll take a bulletin, and I hope that you do, don't ever forget that there is a uh, large number who are always uh, on the remembering prayer list and needs our continued prayers. Uh, also, I was given this, um, Sister Connie uh, Edge gave me this note, her son Jeff uh, and uh, Jeff and Pat Edge have a, a, a severe case of COVID um, as uh, they are struggling with that, and she's asked for our particular uh, prayers on their behalf and for them. Uh, the devotional at the Landmark Nursing Home and Rehab, uh, don't forget, is today at 4. The last to leaders, there is a change to the, the um, announcement in the bulletin. The song leading uh, will not meet, but the, only the songs of praise. The songs of praise will have a refresher session in the TAC following our worship service this morning. This is for students fourth grade and up, for those uh, not new but who have previously participated in the program. So that is the refresher session for the songs of praise. Uh, Bible Bowl will not meet today. If you have not, speaking of lads to leaders, if you have not registered, please do so yesterday. Uh, and since that's impossible, today would be really good, okay? Uh, please do that. That needs to be done uh, already. So if you can take care of that, we appreciate that. Uh, Lisa, have we registered? Oh, good. Okay. Good, good. Um, uh, there is, um, let's see. Don't forget, as you're doing your, there is a track back there, particularly designed to go in with the things that you give out tonight that you may want to consider picking up and including in that. Um, EYC, if you plan to go to that, first payment is due now, and that's $37.50. The October visitation assignments, there are still several back there. I noticed uh, at the visitor's uh, table, this week's pantry item is mac and cheese. The food and uh, clothes closet will be open on November the 10th and the 17th. Um, this afternoon, there is a, well, first, there is a list in the back back here on the left on one of those tables to sign. If you are a, a, a Christian lady in this congregation and you are 15 years and up, if you are interested and, uh, and there is no up, there is no ceiling on the up part. Uh, if you're willing to uh, serve uh, once or twice, it won't be every Sunday, but serve in a um, Attended nursery. We are uh, looking to begin that service, that uh, ministry again. So, but we need people to do that. There's several on the list, but that uh, if you'll sign that, we appreciate that very much. There is a teachers' meeting this afternoon at 3:30. Uh, 
Uh, our education program is one of the ministries here that we, our continual goal is to keep that program spiritually alive and glorifying to God. I think about what Guy said when uh, COVID shut us down, when we started back up. Uh, Y'all didn't see this if you were in the auditorium classes, but uh, there were several teachers who slipped into the auditorium because they stood at their door and had nobody in their rooms. And that happened week after week for several weeks. But now we are growing again. God is blessing us to grow again. And so uh, with that in mind, I'm trying to do some things a little better. There is a list that's in the bulletin and already back you can know exactly what classes and who's teaching them from uh, little all the way from uh, zero all the way up through adults. So that list is available for you to see. That new quarter begins uh, in November, November to January. Uh, the Wednesday night teachers, you will not begin this Wednesday, but that's going to be a review. The old teachers, older, the last quarter's teachers, sorry, will review that, that and then you'll start the following Wednesday. Um, in regard to uh, teachers, also in the back, I need some, I'm doing some research and I need some help. Uh, if you are a member of this congregation currently and you have taught 25 years at least, if you've taught 25 years, that is, you're a veteran Bible class teacher, whether you're currently teaching now or not currently teaching now, please sign that list, okay? Uh, I'm doing a little research and try, I need a list of those folks, so if you'll help me with that, I'd appreciate it. Put on your calendar December the 11th, because on December the 11th, one of the SALT teams is hosting a, um, uh, I'm not going to mention it yet, in case they don't know that yet but is hosting a dessert and coffee um, fellowship after the evening services, which will be designed, it's going to be a teacher appreciation and recognition uh, night. Um, we'll say more about that as we get closer. Stand with me, if you will. Let's pray together. Our most holy and righteous Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being in worship today, for the privilege of having so many announcements to absorb because there are so many ways that you have blessed us and paths you have given us and doors you had op opened for us. Father, thank you that you reminded us today through the study of your word how powerful and abundant your blessings are and may we be those vessels. Thank you, Father, for the soul that responded to your truth and I pray that you will surround her with your goodness and your grace. I pray that you will bless those of our congregation who are sick, who are recovering, who are struggling, who are grieving, who are growing, that you will continue to bless them as only you can. As we depart this place, may we do so with joy in our heart and smiles on our faces because we are the servants and the children of the only God of heaven. In your son's name we pray, amen.